disaster Don't you give up, don't you let away Talking about a forever after Don't you give up, don't you dare give in Don't give you up, give don't up, don't you dare give in don't you quit. Hashtag don't quit. Hashtag don't quit. Hashtag don't quit. We're talking today, and this is why you're tuning in, perhaps, to find out about when, how, why, and if to quit your job. Easier said than done. You know, I read a statistic today, and greetings to our PRN.FM family. Happy New Year, everyone. Thrilled to be back. Deborah Orell, Jack Tuckner. Coming to you live, and perhaps on tape, live on tape, from our studios on the Upper West Side you know, of New York City. isn't tape dating yourself? I think a little bit, but I'm a dated kind of guy, as are you. Yeah, well, I don't gal. date at all, but... Yeah. Um, Nicely done. Yes. Touche. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what is it called? Isn't digital. It, it's, digital? It's live on live digital. John I think digital? they still say tape. It's recorded. Yeah. Pre-recorded. Anyway, here we are, though, live, if you're listening right now, and if you are, and want to ask us an actual question for free legal advice, you don't have to use your true name, give us a call, <coughs> 888-874-4888, and we're happy to give you some advice. Um, and we can talk in specifics about what you or perhaps a significant other has been through in terms of a job situation. Do you know at any given time, there are millions of people who have recently left a job, and 48% of them, according to a statistic I read this morning, have quit, resigned their job. In our office, we get calls all the time from people who say, my job is awful, I'm working in a hostile work environment. People throw I'm that term harassed. around. I'm being harassed. I'm being bullied. I'm being victimized. And I'm either thinking of quitting or I did quit. Unfortunately, there are those who call us after they quit. It's like, I had to get out of there. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it, it. Right? Mm-hmm. No, you know, what reasonable person could have dealt with this. And now and now I want to sue them. My All my relatives have said, I need to sue them. And the, the challenge is, and the reason that we spend a lot of time and we've created this sort of, you know, this hashtag, very important. We used to have on our old website, you know, a blinking sign that, you know, the blinking tab that said, don't quit, um, and stood out beyond anything else on our site, beyond free consultation. Why? We want everybody under, to understand that if you are struggling with a workplace situation, whether it's because of sexual harassment, because of race and color discrimination, disability discrimination, perhaps they're treating you badly when you return from your FMLA or maternity leave. Any reason that you're, and we'll talk about the ones that count, but if you're in a position where you say, this is so bad, I want to get out, get out. I mean, you want to quit, quit. If you've thought it through, certainly if you have another job waiting for you, get the hell out, quit. I mean, who's telling you to stay? In fact, if you have a comparable position waiting for you or you can get a comparable position or you want to start your own business and now's the time to jump ship, terrific. Do so. Take take action. No one's telling you. In fact, more often than not, I think people do stay for decades in jobs that don't support them, that drive them crazy, very dysfunctional sort of you know relationships at work, all this competition, pathology, stress. 
No, don't stay there. But if you expect to have a case, and this is what people are always talking about because of our media, because of Hollywood, because of John Grisham novels, because of Boston Legal and all of the shows of its, you know, their its ilk, that suing is something it's sort of an American pastime. And if you want to sue your employer for discrimination, don't quit. There's very few circumstances that will maybe, uh, if there are five million people right now that have quit their job in the last three months, and that was some statistics, something like that, right now in these United States, a very small number would be able to successfully articulate, let alone sort of win, articulate a claim for what's known as constructive discharge. So what is constructive discharge? Well, let's first talk about when you work for an employer and you're getting a paycheck, Okay, correct me if I'm veering off here, Deborah. But if you're collecting a paycheck and you're being treated badly and so forth at work, and let's just say for a moment that the hostility in this, that's comprising your hostile work environment is because you refuse to go along with sexual harassment or an unwelcome sexual advance of your boss to pick something that's pretty obvious, a real hostile work environment. Okay, if you simply up and quit and just say, you know what, why should my mother didn't raise this fool? I'm not going to sit here and why should I be so disrespected? I'm out of here. And you just quit. And then you go and see a lawyer. Yes, technically, and this is important, if it was your boss or the owner of the company um, and you're sexually harassed, that there may be strict liability. It's not like if it's a coworker, you have to let them know. But I, I usually don't make those distinctions which are sort of way too fine for the average person. The, the, the biggest point is you have to be able to say, I'm letting my boss or this company know about my hostile work environment, so-called, whatever it is. And a hostile work environment is not bullying. What do we know about bullying, Deborah? There are no laws to protect you from it. Anywhere, right? Zero. Anywhere. Zero. So, so if you work for a mean person, very mean who loves to make people feel small, maybe even you in particular, demeaning, belittling, um, arrogant, pompous. How about screaming and yelling? How about some real piece of work of a jerk of a boss who all day long screams and even calls you jerk, you're a short piece of shit. This was from a real case. Mm -hmm. Excuse my French. But um, there's nothing illegal about calling your employee a short piece of shit. In fact, I'll take that a little bit further and and give you a little bit more from this case. This was a case where a woman worked in the garment district in New York City for a crazy employer who had 150 employees, and he was the boss, and he had a public address system, and he would get on there every day and say about this woman, send that deaf fucking idiot into my office, you know, Sue's girl, that short piece of shit. And then, and this is, I mean, this is just the way he would talk. He never called her by name. She was a short piece of shit. She was Sue's girl, whoever the, Sue was her supervisor. Um, deaf, she wasn't. If she were deaf, actually, that would be disability discrimination. So stay with me now. She wasn't deaf. She was calling her deaf because she didn't answer the first page when he called her a short piece of shit. She wasn't deaf, short, you know, vertically challenged is not a protected category, perhaps unless you are you know, a uh, diminutively uh, little, person. little person. Thank you. If you are, and I'm, and I'm don't even know that that unless it, it implicate. You know, if you were a little person, and um, you were being called derogative names like you know, you know, little midget dwarf piece of shit, 
I, I suppose one would have an, you know, an arguable claim. But this was not what this was. And he would say to her at night is also, and I'm going to continue using the same profanity he did, he would say, get the fuck out of here. I hope you have nightmares all night and get in early tomorrow morning because I'm most likely going to fire you and I don't want to have to look at you all day. You're so fucking stupid. And by the way, clean that coffee maker on the way out. It's starting to look sloppy like your work habits. If I had 100 employees like you, I'd fucking kill myself. You're so fucking dumb. Okay, we get the idea. Now, this person mm-hmm. would go home. She was, you know, she was kind of, as you might imagine, she worked there for seven years. She, He was abusive generally, but he sort of saved a lot of it for her. And you know what? I do believe I'm, I was there, not in the workplace, but represented her. There was a, certainly a misogynistic flavor to this. He was a real creep with everybody and used the public address system for everybody, called everybody names. But he was particularly virulent with her. He was particularly really freaking nasty with her and partly because she closed up with them and they were were close together but it was also because she was like a tiny little disempowered thing she was a she was a she would cry and leave and the next morning when she came in from this one time the first time he said i'm most likely going to fire you tomorrow i don't want to look at you all day to get here early of course he didn't fire he forgot about it she cried and left she came back crawling back in like a battered wife similar kind of learned helplessness what do i do she lived with a disabled family member. She was single. She was in her 30s. She just was stuck. And she was losing her hair from stress. She had a, a condition known as alopecia areata, stress-related hair loss in globs from her scalp. It was very sad. But she was still there. Now, she needed, and she wasn't quitting. I mean, this is not, she, she may have, but she didn't. My point was only here that there was nothing about what this person said. Even if he is a misogynist, he didn't call her He wasn't using any of the pejorative terms. There wasn't any, no N-words, no C-words, no B-words, no no anti-Semitism. It was just like sort of just asshole city. The stuff you talk, just an equal opportunity schmobo, okay? Not illegal. Not an actionable hostile work environment. Was that work environment hostile? Yes. As a matter of common, you know, the common conversation you know, colloquial term, your family was that's fucking hostile. And also might be the kind of hostile that if you did quit, if she did quit, she might have collected unemployment benefits because it's a different standard when you say to the Department of Labor in most states, you know, it was the, it, I didn't voluntarily leave. They made me leave. And because it's an so-called entitlement, you might still get unemployment. But you won't have a legal case in this circumstance because nothing about her work environment was actually illegal because protected. The, protected the hostility was just like you're, you could work for a, a bully really difficult boss and there's a misconception in our culture so if you're listening to this or should i quit or what about constructive discharge that is the term so so the constructive discharge is when a an employee quits but it's considered by the courts as if she were fired okay so constructive discharge is like i quit except you, number one, are making me quit. And no reason, that's what the goal, real, that's what your goal must be, employer, is you're designing this. And anybody just can look at the facts and see, this is a setup. Basically, I complained and now you're making it worse for me and you want me to run screaming out into the night. And that's kind of what I'm about to do because I can't stand it anymore. And even anyone sitting on a jury or a judge would say, my God, that was really bad. What is, usually, what is that hostility? Sexual assault you know, issues of assault, some kind of severe and pervasive 
hostility that is almost objectively frightening. That is based on a protected status. Absolutely. That's the key. That's the operative People words. call and will right. say, I am working in an in, in intolerable environment. I'm being scrutinized. <coughs> I'm being harassed. I'm being followed. I'm being screamed at. No reasonable person would tolerate this. Right. And I inform them, unfortunately, no reasonable person would tolerate it, but it is not illegal. Right, exactly. So unless your um, harassment, your hostility that you're experiencing is based on a protected status, that's what's key. Right. That's what's key. And some of the protected statuses, so we just keep sort of talking this through. It doesn't have to be simply your boss is an outright racist and he, you know, is clear. He's calling you names. He's calling you a dirty Mexican. That would be clear. That's what Deborah's talking about. A protected status is something like either your state or federal law. And usually the federal law is enough to, to put get the idea across Race, color, ethnicity, national origin, age, Something about religion. yourself that you cannot change. That's right. Age, then, race, gender, nationality, sexual orientation. Right, and even if you can change it like your gender, that would then be protected too because it would be based on your gender. Gender, right. You change your religion. Well, in religion. Right. Those are the two that don't quite fit in that. But right. for the most part, when I explain that, it's you get the idea that right. it's something serious. Or maybe age, if you're on anti-aging meds or hormones. Like me. Yeah, right, and you could reverse the aging process. Exactly. As Dr. Null does for his many very lucky uh, patients and clients. So um, that is the idea. And that also includes not only protected statuses or, or affiliations like who you are as a person of color or who you are as a Jew or who you are as a woman, but also protected, so-called protected activities like taking an FMLA leave or a maternity leave or another protected activity is complaining. Okay, so if you complain to... Oh, yeah, good point. Right, so if you complain to your company that, you know, I feel that this is intolerable and not just generally intolerable because it's too cold all the time and generally intolerable because my boss is never respectful. And when I say good morning to him or her, she never acknowledges me. That just doesn't count. You don't know why. And it doesn't matter that they don't acknowledge you. It doesn't matter that your wife or your husband or your parents will say to you, I don't know how, that has to be illegal. Who would work That's under those wrong. That's, That's wrong. That's that, wrong. This, this has to be illegal. Right. It is just, this is right. wrong. I was fired for no reason. Right. Well, a lot of things are wrong in our culture, and you can be fired for no reason. Yeah. And you could certainly, if you're an at-will employee, which you probably are, as 95% of us are, in effect, meaning that you don't have a contract of employment, you don't have a union that negotiates a collective group contract, right? That's what that is, that collective bargaining agreement with union and management. That's helpful. That's protective. And, you know, that's it. So other than that, and I'm sure almost everybody who's listening and who has this question is an at-will employee. So that means they could fire you whenever they want and you could quit whenever you want. You could quit, right? Nobody, you don't have to give notice. There's no two weeks notice required of firing or quitting, unlike what some people think. That's just a common... Uh, convention that people do to not burn bridges if it's not all that bad. Um, But if it really is all that bad, that's when this whole notion of constructive discharge 
Does that sound like a medical condition? Yes, a vaginal a disease. A vaginal condition, that's right. <laughs> so if you don't have a constructive discharge, if you have one, maybe you should see your OBGYN, your OB-GYN. But other than that, if it's not that kind of constructive discharge, see an employment lawyer for the constructive discharge that has to do with um, a work situation. So again, before you quit, why it's a hashtag don't quit and really important, so many people in our experience, have cases. They'd have a great case. It's like I read the facts. Deborah hears the facts of a case. It's like, oh, my God, what a good case. This is you, We can empower you. We can help you. We can represent you. You could teach them a lesson. You could get some money out of it probably too. But then we read in the last thing, but she quit yesterday. And it's like it's a big oy vey moment. It's yeah. bad. Because yeah. it's like, again, I sometimes overuse this expression, especially given we do a lot of pregnancy cases, but it's like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Um, which means that, right, whether you keep the baby or you throw the baby, even you, or what is it, you can throw out the baby, keep the bathwater, throw out the bathwater and the baby, but either way, the, the notion is that giving up your job voluntarily is like taking the gun and pointing it at your own head, you know, and saying, like, if you don't buy this magazine, we'll shoot this dog or we'll shoot the, I mean, it's like, who, nobody cares. You're just, you're just, you know, giving up the ghost on yourself and you don't have any juice. People do it because they're not aware as 90-whatever percent of the population is not aware of what the laws are. And until they've been fired, until they are actually being discriminated against or they're being denied promotions, do they actually begin to do uh, any sort of online search. Right. And I just experience that from the people who call because as they begin their narrative, you know, what happened, invariably I will say, well, you know what? They don't have to give you notice. No notice, no reason, no severance, no nothing. Yeah, you know, I just found out about that. And what's really killer is the people who've already quit and call to say, I'm looking for a lawyer to represent me in my constructive discharge case. Uh, my million-dollar one. Well, at least. Uh, at least one. Um, and unfortunately, nothing in their environment was necessarily illegal. That it wasn't right. because of age, race, gender, any protected right. status, activity, right. nothing. Right. So... That's when it's really sad. So that's why when I do intakes, I spend the time that I do explaining even um, don't file. Oftentimes people file feel where? anywhere, any governmental agency. Oftentimes people will feel hurt or harmed at their job. They're looking for justice. This is wrong. I want somebody to fix this, help me, correct this. And they go running off and they file with the EEOC or New York State Division of Human Rights or the City Commission, New York City Commission, whatever. And unfortunately, they're not realizing that they're making a decision about the path uh, that their case can take. Right. So even when I'm doing it, one of the questions I ask is, have you filed with any governmental agency? And they say no. And I will take the 40 seconds to explain. I share this information because my hope is that you will share this with friends and family so that the more people know, the more they're going to be able to right. protect their jobs, their families, their friends, you know, their right. et cetera. And I explain everything that I, in my capacity 
can explain with the hopes that they pay it forward. Because unfortunately, people don't realize right, right. how they really are not protected. Right. They really As employees, are not we are not protected. Well, and I am an employee, and I've been an employee in a number of places. Right. And you see how fragile yeah. the whole thing is. And I guess people, there isn't, you know, it's, and it's not, I'm not a personal thing with any of us, but there's a naivete. And we all have it in one way or another. It's totally. Like being, it's like wanting to believe, which is why you still get, and I still see in my spam folder, you know, from doctor so-and-so, some physician, you know, with selling whatever, penis enlarger pills that people obviously still buy. And there's, you know, and they talk about the side, you know, people want to believe. People want to believe that if they file with the United States EEOC while they're working, they're, you know, my, they have to, you know, and the EEOC really does not taking this personally like you are. They have 500,000 cases, and the EEOC knows what you don't know, which is what we're trying to say is it's a very, very steep hill. Yeah. Nobody cares about all of you know, your odds. The laws agenda. protect the employer, right. not the employee. So right. the few laws that protect employees, you want to maximize, take advantage of, use to your benefit in right. whatever way. Exactly. And that's where now come back to the constructive discharge. That's where under almost all circumstances, quitting is not helpful at all. Right. And if you're at that point that you're considering quitting, that you just cannot show up there one more day, call a lawyer right. first. Because you could, but here's also where we come in with some of the work that's not like this is where shoemakers and it's either you need a heel or you don't need a heel on your shoe. There are, there's lots of shades of grays and way to spin. Yes. Spin, and I use this not, you know, sort of in a, in a sort of negative way. I'm talking about what advocates do. You kind of have to spin things. Not lying, but it's just, again, what's, you're representing yourself, your empowerment. This is maybe another way to, to look at it. And it's how you, before, again, you throw yourself off the, you know, the building. First of all, why would you ever, if you're quitting again to go to another job or to move to Florida or to get married or... You know, That's again, to get thing. a better job, great. What do you? Right. There's nothing to listen to here. I'm talking about all those people that quit because they can't stand it, and then they actually are struggling to even get unemployment because when you go to the unemployment office in any state you're in, the first thing they say to you is, well, "How are you?" The first question is, "What happened?" They want to know you were fired, and unless you were fired for setting a fire in the workplace, or getting high, or coming to work drunk, or punching out your boss, most of the time. When you're fired for the way people get fired for stuff, I don't like you anymore. Get get out. You're fired. We're replacing you. We, we're we're eliminating your position. We don't have the money for you anymore. It's not working out. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. You're not even a good. Impo- you know why we're firing you? You stink. You're not really good at this. We thought you'd be better. It's not working out. Hit the bricks, sister. We don't need you anymore. You get unemployment. That's what unemployment is for. You're fired. You get unemployment. So you're fired. You get unemployment unless you are. There's you know, only two reasons you cannot collect very unemployment. Good. One is you are fired for misconduct. And misconduct, that's at least in New York, the term at the Department of Labor means, like I just said, you did something really, really bad. Violated a really serious rule, regulation. That interferes with, the, like, a will, willfully doing something right. that impairs that, the company's ability to do And examples business. of right. that would be uh, stealing time, like oh, fooling around one. with uh, time. time, you know, punching your clock. Right. Uh, right. punching the card. Gross insubordination. The other one I, I give as the example is if uh, a bank teller um, 
there's a regulation that they count their drawer and then they sign a paper saying how much was in the drawer. If for time's sake they sign the paper first and then they count the drawer, even if it balances to the penny... That is still cause, violation. it's a violation. Right. Those are the kinds of things that disqualify you well, from how, unemployment. How about sending a note from a doctor's office that you were sick, but you never actually were in that doctor's office because you got somebody to send that note for you? I mean, these are the things that... There well, are that's things forging a, a well, forging that's fraudulent. Well, forging a note, but I mean, some forging so, but that's but that would be that would preclude you from collecting unemployment. And right. the second reason, big reason, yeah. if you quit, right? Even if it's constructive discharge, which they'll deny you first, and then you're going to have to file right. the appeal, right? And go through that whole process. So you're the deck is stacked. You're yeah. stacking the de- the deck against yourself right. by quitting. Right. Call a lawyer first because often, if there is uh, some real juice there, some real meat, a lawyer can really help you and oftentimes get you out sooner on a paid well, leave or something. So, so let, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what that means, because what I was thinking as I was saying, the spin part, is that if we go back to the person who's calling up who says it's a really hostile, the person who calls you and says, I can't stand it, I'm crying, I don't know what to do, I don't sleep, it's the worst environment ever, it's the slave drivers, it's an outrageous everyday profanity, it's the worst hostile work environment, I don't know how people, it's, this should be, I'm going to call the media, this is so bad, right? And you talk to them and it's like, okay, I know it feels that way to you, but there's really nothing protected in it. Well, if it's true that, back to this, if it's true that you can't, you're saying, you know what, I, I don't really know why. I mean, all I know is they're just all freaking assholes. Everybody's the same. You know, they're all men. I'm a man. We're all 35-year-old men. We're all Italian, whatever. I, I can't tell you why. I'm not even singled out. They're just all really, they're all idiots. And, and you know, they're all fools save one, me. And I can't stand it anymore. Well, then... There may not be any spin involved here. Wait till you're going to have to stick it out and do what you do until you find another job. Figure out, because there's nothing there to spin, they're allowed to treat you badly. It's allowed to be a poor marriage. Mm-hmm. It's just that, what about if there is something to, and this is the question one always has to ask oneself before it even gets to that point of, do I have a situation where I can quit and still have a case? Is is there any reason that this hostility is occurring to you that is somehow based on something about you that might be, even if it's not obvious, even if it's not, is it because you're a woman? Is it because six months ago you actually did give sl- slighted somebody who did ask you out or say you're looking great this morning and you took a little umbrage at that and they thought you're snotty? Is there any way that you can define it as being sexist, misogynistic? Is it a gendery thing? Doesn't have to be sex harassment. Doesn't have to be gender pay disparity. Doesn't have to be pregnancy discrimination. I mean, it doesn't have to be classic stuff where, you know, they're calling you a bitch at work. It doesn't. It can be more subtle. It can be those, the hostile work environment where men are just being boys and you know, making you feel very uncomfortable, like the classic cases of you're working, you know, women who work in very male preserves that have like still the girly magazines up. And you're like, why am I looking at this? We even had a case once back in the day when listening to Howard Stern 
when he was on whatever AM radio and they just had it on all the time. She's like, I don't want to listen to this shit with the, you know, I don't want to listen to him with his boobs. And, and I know great minds can differ on that. You might not have cared about that. In fact, I know you were a fan, right? So it's not like he was just as raging sexist if you find him funny. But I know that, I know because I had a, uh, a case that was fairly significant about that issue. It actually is not, it's not, it is improper to play Howard Stern in a workplace in a mixed crowd who doesn't want to hear it, right? Right. So I would agree. Okay. So then the issue is, even if there is something that you're feeling, you know, maybe it is because I took paternity leave four months ago, and ever since then I can't seem to get back. They seem to resent me. They think I'm some, I don't know why, I lost my, my footing, my momentum, my traction here at work. Something happens. They think I'm a real girly man now or something. I'm not, I haven't been here. I was out of sight and out of mind, and I lost, you know, I took, a, 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 I took some days off because for the Jewish holidays, now that I'm an Orthodox Jew, and I took a lot of days off in October, and... Damned if I'm not feeling that's an issue. Now, can you prove it? No. No, that's what a lot of times well, I can't prove it. And if I complain, see, this comes back to what I love about this. It's back to some of the things we talk about in life all the time, just about being an inch from the mother load when you quit. It's like people suffer, 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 suffer. It works. Suffer, suffer, suffer. Go through whatever they go through. Then they quit. Then they call the lawyer. When there was that little pivot point when if you had just talked to a lawyer, took a deep breath and said, you know what, all I need to do now, because this is what you kind of always have to do, give your employer the chance to look into it. You need investigate, investigate. and take corrective action. Right. Investigate. Now you say, well, I, I don't I don't want them to do that anymore. If, it's too I, late. if I report this, if I notify them, if I send any kind of note like this, I'll be fired right away. Well, what the, so what they don't realize is, is that that's great. Yes. You just said, then they'll be, that's great. They'll be putting you out of your misery mm-hmm. and giving you a case. It's a double-edged. So if you complain, in fact, we would be, we'd come to your house to sign you up. That's the difference. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like the difference is you complain. So you write the note to the perpetrator. I'm going to write to him. I'm not writing to the HR directors. This guy's drinking buddy. They're, they're right. asshole buddies. I can't write to him. I'm going to be fired the second I write it. So why is that fear making you jettison you're, you're still that's part of like why don't you just stab yourself in the stomach people do that all the time it's like saying to the uh, taking the gun away from the bad guy and saying don't bother i'm going to kill myself for you because it's easier i'll get it over with for you why would you do that so if they if you complain and they fire you you'll get unemployment you'll have a lawsuit you'll have a case for retaliation and discrimination because you could prove that now the moment you complained about this stuff and stood up for yourself declared for yourself that's probably that's very hard for people to declare for yourself to sort of take action in spite of the fear and say you know what no i'm i and because perhaps that's what a lawyer told me that the law requires so you kind of get out of no one ever taught us this why would you know this they don't tell you this on la law whatever the show is you just don't hear this on corporate you know television or news that when you complain, if they fire you, great. Then you could be happily collecting unemployment and have a case, and you still did the right thing, and you did everything right to teach them a lesson. Instead, it's like again, the you know the marriage is bad, the your your spouse is at fault, and I mean I don't know if that's a, a flawed analogy. What you would do to sort of get out of it, where you don't even get your equitable distribution because you leave, even though your spouse is cheating on you, because. You couldn't stand the pressure and you didn't want to go to a lawyer and you thought if you did, it would get even messier. Okay, again, if you want to rip yourself off that way, but we don't want you to do that to yourself. And so it always comes down to this whole constructive discharge thing. It's 
it's it's way overstated. Again, constructive discharge, constructive dismissal. It means that if you quit and you call it that, we call it that. If I'm trying to turn it into that, our client wasn't didn't quit. She was constructively discharged. You may it was like she was fired. It's equivalent to being fired. And they say no. We have the letter where she said thanks for the memories. Two weeks. Here's my two weeks notice. And that is almost we no lawyers take those cases into court except we did 15 years ago and learned the lesson and went all the way up to the highest court in New York, and they basically just said the same thing. It's like, hit the bricks, guys, because your client quit. And she did not actually give them the opportunity to rectify this. All you have to do is sort of stand your ground, stay in there, and see what they do. Will they fire you? Maybe. But the employer, through its own lawyers, knows more than you do. Because typically, you know, they're not just relying on hopefully your employer, the company, what they remember from watching, um, you know, Chicago, whatever the show was, they have lawyers and their lawyers say to them, let me read that letter, email to me. And the letter says, ever since I came back from maternity leave, it's been terrible for me. Or the guy in the kitchen wrote this nasty note about me, you know, the kitchen helper, and it says calling me a hairy dog. I mean, this is just, I'm talking about some cases. I'm being sexually harassed. Well, you know what? This case that I'm talking about where a woman works in a very successful restaurant, uh, you know, a group of restaurants here in the city, and was being sexually harassed. When she did complain verbally to her manager, they, they you know, did what all, they, the manager said, poo-pooed it. It's not important. The perpetrator is more important than you. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, right? That's what they said to her. So then when she knew enough... To put in writing to the owners, you know what? I'm being, actually being sexually harassed. I complained. She called the lawyer before she decided to quit. Well, she called it very good. She called the lawyer, us, before she decided to quit. But she was about to quit. So what, what did she quit. do? Here's what she did. And here's what I want to encourage everybody. Here, this, this was, no, this isn't going to make the papers. And this is not, this was a woman who works part-time and doesn't make a lot of money, you know, in a restaurant, doing what she does, a young woman, who, when she called us, she was already on, like, I can't stand it. I don't even know if I could stay another minute. I can't stand it. And it's only going to get worse. And everything you're telling me sounds good, but I don't know if I could stand it. Well, when she decided to sort of screw her courage on and, you know, and maybe her fiancé gave her another pep talk, she wrote the letter we told her to write to the owners of this establishment. The owners actually poo-pooed it too. They wrote about we don't have time. So here now they're putting in writing stuff that I'm seeing and any lawyer would see it and say, well, okay, they're really walking into the trap. Now they're responding to your first invocation, your first civil rights complaint. Didn't think she put in an email, but it was formal and she had proof that they received it because they wrote back to her and they said, listen, young lady, we don't have time for all this mishigas. Just you know, complain to we go go back to the general manager. She'll do it. Blah, blah, blah. We got we're busy. So already they're saying stupid stuff. So we told her what to write back, which again came natural to her. It's like, what do you mean you don't have time? I'm I can't, I'm, I'm 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 beside myself. It's scary. It's intimidating. Plus, there are other issues now. I'm with child, and he's blah blah blah. And suddenly they woke up and smelled their own coffee, and. Uh, they realized what was going on, and they sort of started. So they moved the bad guy, and now they're walking on eggshells. Do they like her anymore? No. But someone told them, their lawyer told them, 
now is not the time to fire her. And so now we're sort of working in it. And what Deborah just alluded to is that you take something. It's not, we don't want to have a case on TV for the next, you know, like a TV case. What she wants is to be able to, number one, teach them a lesson. The guy who was sexually harassing her and writing filthy, profane, obscene things in her, you know, journal book that she keeps, keeps on this station. Um for him not to get away with it, for him to be transferred, for him to be costing the, the, the place money and maybe he'll be fired. And it won't happen to the next woman. And right. what's probably likely going to happen is she's going to end up getting some amount of money to ride off on her white steed into the sunset, having taught them a lesson to go off into her maternity leave with, again, not getting rich, but this whole sense of, and this is what I think we're all about, this whole sense of, you know what, I got myself... You know, whatever it is, and just people, you should know. It's not, it's again, not a king's ransom. Maybe it's six months, maybe it's nine months, maybe it's a year, maybe it's three months. Severance of money that they don't have to pay you, plus the unemployment, plus the reference letter, and you depart almost like a voluntary divorce, and they pay you something. Again, maybe not what you're worth, but they pay you something. At the same time, you've also cost them three times that in their own attorney's fees. So they, they have an interest now in, in learning their lesson and not repeating this because second and third time becomes, you know, the charm or it gets worse each time. And you could say to your child one day, you know, when this happened to mommy, and I always say bringing up our children in a feminist, male or female, right, in a feminine, an equal world of equality. Mm-hmm. You're bringing up your child to say, you know, when mommy was sexually harassed once, particularly in many of our cases it happens during, or not sexually harassed, but the discrimination happens during a pregnancy, like even this one. And you go, you know what mommy did? This is what we do in this family. We, she hired a civil rights lawyer. We drew a line in the sand. And you know what? It's a nice, and, 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 and mommy's put a little money into your college fund because she was able to do something and mean something to her 20 years later or five years later when she's telling this story because it was like a little bit of a legacy. It's paying it forward, as you said. It's like right. the karma of saying, you know what, I, it's not just for me. So like, how much money? What's my case worth? Is a million dollars? No, it's not a million. It's not 500000 It's not 100000 probably. It's probably just not quitting, right. right? So you're not just another Schmendrick home watching soap operas and going to have no unemployment, no job. And what did you – they're happy you quit. Yeah. They're happy you quit. Right. They, they don't to have quit. to pay your unemployment. They don't have to pay your unemployment. They don't have to pay your salary. And they don't have to deal with their behavior. Right. Right? It's kind and of, that's why I always say – um, because oftentimes women will say, and it's mostly women who say this, uh, it's not about the money. I want to teach them a lesson. I want them to know that this is not acceptable. I want them, you know, I want to protect the next people who come after me. And I say that is laudable. But what's wrong with saying it's about the money? Because if you really want right. them, if you really want to have an impact... We all know you got to hit the wallet in order to really have an impact. Why do they say that? There is a psychological reason, though, that because people I, say that anyway. It's well, not about I, the money. I sense that they don't want to seem like right. they're money-grubbing, you know, I'm just looking for a quick payday. Right. And, I, and I believe that. And right. I believe that oftentimes it is about... But look at all these other young girls here. They're not going to stand up like I am. Somebody's right. got to stand up to this guy and say, enough. Right. And I say, that's great. And I respect that. And we're all about, because that's what we do, is help someone, you know, advocate for their, you know, justice. But 
the real impact comes when they have to write a check to you right. because then they right. really feel that that pig sexual harasser, that that skeevy racist, they're more aware of it. That's right. at least my feeling. Right. And Yes. And again, along those lines of don't quit, don't ever quit, is that while you're there not quitting, because remember, you shouldn't be the one... Quitting is an act of self-abnegation. Um, that's too big. You know, it's, a, it's an act of, like, self-erasure. It's an act of, it's sort of self-destructive. It's fear-based. Well, it's very fear-based, and it's also done often in, in the moment. You're in such discomfort right, because right. you're... Um, you're involved in a lot of emotional stuff, and to alleviate that pain and suffering, the only out they see often is quitting. It's temporary, right? It's, it is it's like because because it's how they're seeing it, how they're looking at it, and that's with some people who call. Then I'll get into, um, you know, I believe that we. Uh, if everything does happen for our highest and best good, we attract into our lives circumstances that are there for us to learn and grow. And I know for myself, having stayed at a place for uh, 13 years um, that I shouldn't have stayed at, that was all the hostile environment, marginalized, isolated, you know, all of the reasons that people can't stand jobs, I stayed there. Why? Fear. And so there was some lesson I needed to learn, and that's sort of what kept me there. So, And for the same reason, the people who say, if I complain, I'll be fired. The fear that they're never going to get another job. The fear, how am I going to pay my rent? The fear of who's going to hire me? It's we have to get beyond that fear. But they also don't know, yes, get beyond the fear, but would be helpful to get beyond the fear is to know that by complaining in an informal way, you're less likely to get fired. So if you're looking for prophylaxis for protection... Until you get another job, uh, until whatever. Right. By complaining to your employer, and it doesn't have to be, please be advised, I'll see you in federal court, you're all going down, I'm lawyered up. It can simply be that letter, that email to whomever that just says, you know what, you know, I'm a great employee. I've been here for three years. I work my ass off. I'm here on weekends. I've never missed a day. I really care about the company. And I need your help now because God knows what I'm dealing with now. Fill in the blank. As long as fill in the blank isn't just something, even if it is something generically non-protected, like I'm not sure what, he's picking on me because I don't know what it would be that, you know, again, because he just doesn't seem to like me and I don't know why. You know, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just thought of something. You know, this woman called... A month ago, she told her story, and I was trying really hard to hear where, you know, like what's at the core of this, because there was a lot of drama. You know, the manager was pulling in coworkers and creating these situations. It was a lot of stuff. And I said, and I explained you know, the rules and the laws, and I'm not hearing it. And she said, listen, I feel I am being treated this way 
because yeah. we have a call, I understand. I feel I am being treated this way because he's trying to make me out to be an angry black woman, and I am not. And it took this woman, and maybe it was two months ago that she called, but it took her some time to actually be in the environment and to step back from the emotion because what was happening was she was angry at how this guy was treating her but the drama was getting in the way like the stupid things so it took her some time and she had to call me a couple more times until she and till I I finally even heard Okay, you're getting distracted by, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the gay guy who's there. You're getting distracted by, you know, the name calling. This man is discriminating against you because you are a woman and a woman of color. Keep that as the focus. Right. And then you can write your narrative and then you can tell your story. Because what she, how she complained was not anything an HR person is going to pay any attention to. Right, so it all got lost in, the, got in lost the drama in and the, the drama of it, which is why right. you know when we need to focus on the nugget of it. So we have yeah. someone with a question on the phone on question on constructive discharge. Uh, actually, it's a little bit different. It's um, it's about uh, an employer changing your salary. Ooh. Okay, is that legal? If, if if you get paid, let's say sixty thousand dollars a year, and then uh, due to budget cuts. Can an employer say all of a sudden I'm going to reduce your salary by ten thousand dollars? Well, you know what? Let me. Uh, the, you know what? The short answer to that is definitely yes. Unfortunately, now here's the question though: Why is it? Why? Is, why was that salary being reduced? Is it because they said we can't afford to pay this amount of money? Yeah. And do you believe that? Um, not sure. I think it's. Uh, I think they they still make plenty of money. Yeah, but but the, I'm sure they may make plenty of money. The question is, can you, do you think that there's an underlying real reason? What else could you come up with? Is what do you think might be going on under the surface? Let's say it's not about money; they're just crying poverty. Why else then? Just a budget cut. I don't know. I know, but you see, were you the only one that they cut salary? No, it was uh, several employees. I, I guess I'm just wondering: is do you have to accept that, or uh, basically? Uh, if you quit, can you collect unemployment after that, or can you? Well, just no, say, oh. that's the problem. See, the thing is this, and this is where again, you, when you, great question. Um, if you if you're making sixty thousand a year at a job, let's say, if that, and and now the company says to you, you know, sorry, budget cuts. You and several other people in this department are we're, we're afraid if you want to work here, you will. We're going to have to pay you fifty. And of course, it's demoralizing. Who want you getting a demotion? I mean, it's the last. It's no way to start a new year at a job. Everything about it is bad, of course. But unless you can say that the real reason is, it's like everything we're always sort of talking about here, is because I'm a person of color, I came back from a leave, I, I, I objected to some other unlawful workplace issue. Unless you can identify something, I'm, I'm Lithuanian, I'm, they think I'm gay. It doesn't even have to be, I mean, it could be something that, you, you know what, maybe it's because... And, come, you know, I'm biracial. It can be something that one can perhaps use. But if you're saying, you know, it's budget cuts, I have no idea. I'm like everybody else. There's nothing I can – I don't even think there's anything other than it's actual budget cuts. 
No, they're allowed to do that. Hey, this is corporate They're allowed to hire you for $60,000 and two months later say, we changed our mind. This job is only worth... You know, fifty thousand or forty thousand or thirty thousand. Because they could take quit it, two months. You can take it, per- take it or leave it, legal. and that's perfectly legal perfectly because legal. it happened to me. I will tell you. And it's what's also unfortunate is no. Then if you say, you know what, thank you, no. If that's the option, is you take fifty, or hit the bricks, pal, and you say, well, then you know what, this is uh, unacceptable to me. I'm going to quit. I'm not taking that 50. No, you're not getting unemployment, so don't quit. Don't quit. This is the thing where, you know what, you could bide your time, right? You know, vengeance is a dish, best served cold, they say, at least in The Godfather. I mean, you could wait, and that's what you wait till the $65,000 job comes, and then tell them what time it is and what you think of them. But, you know, you just wait. Why are you going to give up 1000 a week? In other words, in my, it seems like based on what you're saying, you kind of have no choice but to hold your nose, grit your teeth, and say, I'll take it. And then... You'll find somewhere else to be if you feel that sort of disrespected and kind of, you know, not optimally regarded by the company. You're not only earning what, not earning what you're worth, but taking away this money when you know they're still profiting clearly feels like a slight. It's personal. I get that. But if it's just personal, personal in the way that, you know, they just don't give a shit because they could get someone probably to cover your job for 40 k forget about 50 k you know, and they're just doing what corporations do in the age of corporate personhood, then... Still, the quitting part is what we're talking about today. What possible, other than giving you the satisfaction of saying, screw you, I quit, and walking out the door, how would that serve you? I guess it won't, but thank you. Uh, thank you for your comments. You know, if I could just add one thing. So as to not feel so completely powerless, and I completely identify with that feeling because it this actually did happen to me, and I stayed, and again, I should have left. I should have done a whole bunch of other things, but I didn't. Pay attention, because I'm going to assume you are in the 30% of the population that votes. Pay attention to the politicians that you elect, because they are the ones who are writing the laws that protect the employers who don't want to raise minimum wage, who don't want any kind of collective bargaining, pay attention to who you vote for. Long-term remedy, not exactly. Well, it's not going to help right now. The part I didn't understand, I guess, is that if somebody hires you at an agreed-upon salary, and then they can just come, like you're saying, a week later they can yeah. back. Well, actually, but one, but, well, you know what? One of the, and I should have answered this, when you say it agreed-upon, Mm-hmm. Agreed upon on a legal context means contractual. So if you happen to be, and I, I just always assume, because who has the juice these days to actually contract with? If you'd said to this, if you were in a position to say to the company, you're paying me 60, I want a three year contract, 60K bilateral term contract. You don't get to turn around, right? Like athletes and entertainers have, right? You know, when, when I mean, when you know, that's why whatever, they, they, they have to pay. When Mariah Carey had a $20 million and then whatever, they didn't want her to make any more albums because they thought she was unstable. They still had to pay her $20 million not to sing. So if you had a contract, then it's enforceable. You're talking about a handshake, right? Nothing. It's you're an at-will employee. They don't have, not only don't they, and I, I know that, and I'm, I don't, I understand this is, painful. I'm just saying as a straight truth, 
not why they could reduce you from 60 to 50 is they could reduce you from 60 to zero by just saying it's been a natural high. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. We're letting you go. And when you say it's just been two months, didn't you promise me a job? And you said this is I for- just left another job for this right. place. Right. Right. And, you know, there are, the, by the way, there are certain extreme cases where if you leave another, if you had left the job for this job and traveled across the country with all the furniture in the back of top of your car and they promised you certain things, there are claims that are unique and difficult where they've promised you this and they should be held to it so they can't just change their mind now that I moved my family 3,000 miles away. But most of us, assuming this was just a job you accepted and now they're saying, how, how long were you there at this salary, did you say? Uh, I've been there several years now, two years. Okay, two, two years total and two years at the salary that they're now reducing? Yes. And again, you cannot identify when you say you don't know. There isn't anything where you could say, even if it weren't to prove, there isn't anything about you that gives you a little bit of leverage by saying, look at me, I'm over 40, look at me, I'm disabled, look at me, I am Hispanic. There is nothing that you are, it's just simply, you don't think it's personal, right? You just think it's budgetary. No, I don't. I was just more curious about the fact that they can just at will basically change your salary. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid that, yeah, I'm afraid it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm sorry. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for the the call. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, I mean, that was a a perfect illustration. Uh, Exactly. And again, I'm really thrilled that, you know, someone, because that's the type of case that, you know, when someone says, why should they be able to do that? We hear that all the time. Why should they be able to do this that? This has to be wrong. It has to be wrong. You know, yes, and maybe, you know, in our childhood fantasies of the way things should be. And it is a little bit more like this, in my view, in more civilized countries. And, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I know in Scandinavia there are certain... You can't just, you know, people have sort of, in fact, I think a lot of Europe is based on that sort of implicit contract once you're working here. We need cause to fire you, like it is in what state? Montana? Montana, the one state, only state that you have to have cause. only state in the cause. United States. I don't think it's too onerous, but they actually have to give a reason. Because it is Montana, and there's for five, God's And sake. there's like as many people in the entire state that we have in our building in Manhattan. Right. So I'm saying it doesn't affect many people. I think it's, it's one of the least populous states and the, yeah. the biggest right. in the union. So, unfortunately, yes. That's why it's so important to us as employees. To not to quit. So if this guy quit in protest. Right, in protest. And then no unemployment, no job. And then to learn too late that he has no job and no unemployment. And he's given up $1,000 a week. I understand that it's humiliating. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, again, there's the short-term pain for the long-term. Okay, but you got to pay your bills, $1,000 a week. I would take that job, and if there's no way to leverage that into something else, and he was very honest and clear about, I don't, you know, I don't feel it and see it. I don't know what it is. So, again, life in the big city—it's unfortunate. Yes, it's very. And even if the company is making money, I worked for a company that you know was small. Um, and they took the profits out. You know, they paid the bills and took the profits out. So there was no carryover year to year. I mean, look at these equity. Okay, mean, but I'm just saying, I knew that these guys were making major six and seven figures. Of course, and they, they didn't want to pay me. Well, of course not. But corporate America is. I'm I mean, just I mean, pri- saying. Mitt Romney is a private equity, you know, vulture type. I mean, these guys. That's not even illegal. I used to call him a criminal during the elections to people say, what did he do? Because it's not actually a crime. Right. Coming in, you know, they're, 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 they're it's what, immoral. It? Harvesting, it's not illegal. like Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Harvesting companies, they're taking, leaving with their 20 million and they're taking stealing pensions. Right. And it's just that because we have, why your point was well taken, 
about politicians, even if it's, you know, hard long-term medicine, not that somebody needs to hear that right now and it's not going to pay my bills, but that is how we have but to wake up. But that's the point. Is, if the, point. the whole point is we are trying to help educate people, then one of the things that people can be aware of... Be aware that we need to That, that, that we need, need involved, collective bargaining. Right. We need right. no company is right. going to just pay you what you're worth right, unless it. they have to. Pay you what you're worth. They're going to pay you $3 an hour if they, you know, we have now. And listen, and, and in Seattle, where they got the $15 an hour, right. the, the economy is doing well. Of course it's doing well because of that, because people, exactly. that's where demand actually raises. I mean, this is sort of simple you know, Keynesian People have economics. more money to spend. Of course. The, the, the jobs creators bread. are not right. what, they, what you know, they've sold us in this nonsense of supply-side economics right. and economics. We, we all know that it's discredited. So, But again, so part of if we had a strong labor force, if we had, if Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, frankly, were running this country and we can get back to what it was like pre-Ronald Reagan, 40% of us have, have the ability to hold our employers accountable and have collective bargain salaries where you could have a job and raise a family and minimum wage now wasn't what it is a sort of slave labor wage even at the new rates in 22 states you still can't it's not a living right. wage so yes it still all comes down to we don't have, that's why because we're not having any juice if we have now that the senates are controlling that the republicans are controlling the house their game plan is to do away with it's the Everything. platform right. the minimum wage if they could get you to work for three dollars yeah. an you hour, you should good be luck. allowed to work for free if you want. It's freedom to sleep under a bridge, brother. Right. So okay, this anyway, is but progressive. But yes. So, but what that's was about because progressive radio minutes. network. That but was our ten radio. minutes. But of... it's, it's really important. <laughs> I want to be in a place where I'm saying to my twenty-something-year-old kids and anyone out there listening to this, you tell me where I have two daughters, one who's about to graduate college, one who graduated college who are not actually yet sort of gainfully, or, I mean, one is not for, she's in college, but even when she gets out, there's not a whole lot unless you're sort of aiming for, either you're going to be an entrepreneur or you're aiming for the top, you know, you'll be a lawyer or you're able to go to dental school and they're not. You just don't get, like, the college graduate sort of Joe jobs anymore and, like, oh, I'll live in the city and I'll make 65000 to start and I'll pay. They're not there. There is no... It's getting worse and worse and worse, hollowed out the middle. I don't know what everybody else is. It's a lot of pain out there. And so it requires all of us to be involved because democracy isn't a spectator sport. So we do. I know it's a pain. But the fact that 20 percent of us, I don't think it was 30. I think it was below 30. Well, presidential elections. closer to 30 or 40. So, again, we do have to all think about how they're snookering us. There is class warfare. We're losing. And in terms of so the one thing to empower us here again today's lesson is when you don't quit not only do you have the ability to keep keep your job even if it feels like I should I want to quit and things are bad if unlike our caller though before and you know maybe we do hear a lot of folks that are calling us thank you every you know day saying there is something here it often doesn't take a lot you know there's something about I'm not talking about a case that you're going to prove in court and have a TV-like trial. If you're 49 years old and you're experiencing, let's say you're 49 years old, and I just pulled that out of my hat arbitrarily, and you're experiencing what a caller said, they're reducing your salary, and then they're messing with you, and you're the, and you know what, the three people happen to not be the youthful folks around. You might not have an age discrimination case that you want to take to trial five years from now, but you know what, we would have told that caller, 
you know, this is the time you do say, you know, I'm really feeling treated differently here at work because uh, of my age. I think it's age-based discriminatory animus. I didn't see the 25-year-olds that my boss is, you know, I'm feeling that this is some ageism flavor here. And you know what? I'm not talking about court yet. I'm not talking about the EEOC. I'm just upset and I want to meet with you and discuss this. You know what? The company here is, you just pulled out all those guns, you know, like the scene in Ma- The Matrix when they go into the heavily armed to, to get Lawrence Fishburne and like Keanu Reeves pulls out, you know, I love that scene, the metal detectives and they're just armed to the teeth and killing everybody and you're rooting for them for some reason. You know, the that's like you're going you've got a lot of ammunition and hostages. You're kicking butt mm-hmm. by simply you could you could you could this is, could be JP Morgan Chase and you're a little freaking teller and you're saying, you know what? Hell no. This shit's not right. I'm pregnant and my and my I'm feeling now, you know, my supervisor actually patted my tummy and said, Ooh, you know, nice bit it's nothing really, right? But it's something that gives you some leverage, some hook. Mm-hmm. So here's our beautiful music. We hope this was helpful. From Deborah Orell, Jack Tuckner, Tuckner, Sipser, Weinstock, and Sipser, the women's rights and the workplace advocate, and Dr. Gary Knowles, Progressive Radio Network, and the whole team here at the station. Thank you for being with us. We will see you next week. Who's our guest? Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll promo it later. Yeah, I'll promo We're sorry. We can't even <laughs> tell you. We have guests. Looking forward to seeing you then. Have a strong and powerful week. And remember, whatever else you do, if you have a situation at work, do not quit.